Welcome to the 12 Days of Edition Wars. In this year's series, we will be taking a deep dive into, well, into the things we love about this game and why we love them. And on the first day of Edition Wars, my DM gave to me, me and my wonderful co-host, Brandis Stoddard, by the way. Hi. <laughs> How are you tonight, sir? I'm well, thank you. Our wonderful DM gave to us a chance to discuss a favorite class for each edition. And so, on this quiet evening around Christmas, what's your favorite class for, I don't know, do you want to go, do you want to start with the earliest and go later, or do you want to start with the current and go backwards? Uh, I think we start with the, the earliest and come forward. All and right. uh, we, we accept that even which classes count are not infrequently uh, an interesting and challenging question. <laughs> okay. Right? So, yep, yep. Um, I mean, uh, you, you can argue that for original, you should be constrained to just one of three classes, but uh, you know, thief and druid and monk and paladin and ranger all came along soon enough that I would personally accept an argument for including them, even if I wouldn't then go and pick them. Hey, now I did pick one of those. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I, yeah. You're, you're certainly welcome to uh -huh. uh, pick things that I do not personally love. Mm -hmm. um, though, I mean, it needs to be said that I did not play this edition specifically. Mm -hmm. um, I have played one of the sort of let's say revivals of uh, a, a very early edition mm -hmm. um the uh was it 1995 uh bx re-release in a big box set mm -hmm. yeah uh, yeah is that I, the I played, yellow one or the black one uh i it had a red dragon on the on the Board yeah, game both, size cover. Yeah, both the yellow and the black have a red dragon on it. Though. Well, that's that's why <laughs> it, it is more black than yellow in my yeah. in my mind's eye. Um, so that's um, probably the Timothy Brown uh, black box. Yeah, that seems pretty likely. Yeah. So, um, th that is the the point at which my personal experience picks up. Now, from what I've read, I'll just say, uh, with all classes across all editions. There's no point in even discussing my num my, my top spot for any edition other mm -hmm. than fourth. Mm -hmm. My top spot is always going to be wizard. That's how it is. Yeah. My conversation is always going to be about about my number two spot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love wizards. That's my life. For, for me, it's clerics. Yeah, cleric yeah. is always my number one. And so I, I the things we're going to talk about really are my number two. Yeah. Right. Because cleric is always number one. So including in in original edition, and yeah. I did I did play it ever so briefly. Um, and, uh, and, and played a cleric. And then I played my number two and this is, you know, I mean, there are reasons why I picked my number two as well. So, uh, and then those are the classes I've played. So it's possible that if I had played, uh, if I had played this edition longer term, I would have had more different characters and maybe I would be making a different decision, but I kind of doubt it. Just sure. Myself, so. Now I need to say that my love of the, the wizard in in original has nothing to do with its mechanics 
really mm-hmm. and everything to do with just the fantasy of being a wizard. That's sure. what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so my number two spot will go to the cleric. Okay. Nice. Um, I, I think it's regrettable they don't uh, have casting at first level, but right. uh, I love playing healers. So I, I'm in uh, pretty good shape on that early on, if not at first level. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do I like mean, a cleric. I don't mind uh, the fact that they don't have spells at first level. Um, it was a, it was one of those where if you can survive to second level, then you you can have magic, and it's almost sure. like you could pretend like you're a fighter. And then suddenly at second level, you you suddenly got these new powers. And it was it was fun. Yeah. It was a fun thing, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, cleric's my number one. Monk is my number two. Interesting. And monk I, is is in is from Blackmore supplement two. Yep. Um for me, the monk is very messy in its mechanics. Mm-hmm. And that frustrates me. Yeah. Uh, see- uh, obviously love what you love i'm, I'm not actually arguing yeah no you. i mean Just. the thing is it is messy but i mean it was all messy back then right so it didn't like I that mean, that's fair that doesn't really like that didn't phase me here's the reason i that the monk is 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 my second choice um stun and kill mm-hmm. the the mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. the thing is that any 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 hit right when the when the monk is fighting without weapons okay they get that in any score that is 25% above the minimum required for a hit. So let's say they needed a 12 to hit. If they roll a 17, that's 25% more. And so now that hit has a 75% chance of stunning the opponent. So now you, you know, you roll percentage dice. And if you get a 75, you know, if you if you're if you're under 75 or lower, then you've stunned the opponent for three to twelve rounds. So three D4 rounds, right? And there's a 25% chance of killing the opponent. Yep. So if you roll that percentage dice and you get 75 or lower, you stun them for 3d4 rounds. If you get 76 or to 100, you actually kill them. Right. And right. That, that specific mechanic is the thing that I'm, I'm not wild about. Yeah. Like, uh, in my imagination, I experienced that more from the DM side mm-hmm. and the uh, sudden death of you know, this boss mob or whatever, uh, rather than experiencing it with excitement from the the player side. That's just what happens when I read it. No, I I could see that. I could see that. And the thing is like at this, in in this edition though, it was so easy to die. Oh, for sure. That, you know, if, if the monk, you you know, and getting a 25% higher than what you needed to, to hit was no small feat. It's a pretty right. good sign that they are nobody mooks that you're just plowing through. Right. Sure. You know, yeah. if, if I'm honest. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I, I also like, you know, the, the, the monks here, they have, you know, the ability to move silently, hide in shadows. So they get a kind of little ninja flavor. They yep. also get the climbing and the, and the, and the falling, you know, the broken fall. Right. Yep. And so, you know, it's kind of a very traditional D and D monk, even at the earliest stages here. And yep. I, it's just, it was fun. It was fun to yeah, play. I think that's very reasonable. Yeah. Um, Again, cleric still number one, right? Cleric yeah. has a special place in my heart, and and probably will always have. I think um, that's pretty fair. And really, not even for spell casting, but for turning undead. Oh, nice! That's what okay. I first fell in love with. 
right? Yes. And that's why that's why I say oh, I don't really care that they don't get spells until level two because because for me the turning was that was the awesome moment that I always loved about playing a cleric in in early editions. Cool. So, yeah. All right. What's next All after right. original? Well, so sin? that was OE. So I have a basic as well. Okay. I have a, a basic. Um, I don't know if you have a basic, but uh, in in my um, in in my uh, in my world, <laughs> uh-huh. I played a lot of Beckney. So you know uh-huh. uh, the Frank Mincer Red Box edition, right? So basic right. expert companion. And in the companion book, which is what we're looking at right now, um, they there is the Druid. And the thing about the Druid is to become a Druid, you have to be a ninth level cleric first, and then you can turn into a Druid. Oh uh, and God! So you have to be a ninth level cleric, and then you can druid it. But I really like the way that they did. I know that sounds horrible to you, but in Beckme, that was like that's just how it was, right? Oh, and it, it only it frustrates me. Frustrates right. me because you get that far, and then they take away turn undead. I think that's no. Nonsense. I know, I know. But the thing is, the 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 thing is, the druids are also great enemies of the undead. So even though they don't turn them, it's almost like they've they've sort of they're living a philosophy now. And they can still be enemies undead. They just don't turn. And so, again, right, as I said before, Cleric is still my number one choice. But if I have to choose a different one, I'm choosing Druid sure. um, for various different reasons. But also, it's kind of funny that you have to be a Cleric first and then and then a Druid. So you could see where that through line <laughs> goes. Yeah, for yeah, me, yeah. Right. I mean, the, the Druid is, is, in this case, is a person who has turned from following a, a deific philosophy to following a more naturalistic nature philosophy. And yeah. that's why the ability to turn leaves. But then you get, you know, other sort of it, – it's more of a role-playing thing at this point. Sure. Right? Sure, it's more sure. of a role-playing thing. So, so it was actually uh... – the thing I played was Beckme. It was not BX. It was Beckme. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It wasn't out of the rule encyclopedia, but it was still based mm-hmm. on Beckme. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Elf in a walk. Right? Yeah. Elf is my favorite, and it's not close. Uh, mm-hmm. Might beat the magic user, which is saying something. Yeah, um, yeah. Just yeah. because, I mean, they're, mm-hmm. yeah, they're yeah. badass. Because they can fight and cast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I yeah. love a gish build, man. I don't want to mm-hmm. tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know yeah. that I just caused some of our listeners to <laughs> hemorrhage blood right from their noses <laughs> and mean... ear holes by hearing me talk about a gish, but mm-hmm. it is a lore term from Githyanki, and I love Githyanki yeah. also. So get wrecked. <laughs> yeah. I mean it's it, it's yeah, no, it's it's good. It's all good. It's all good. I hear you. I feel you. I'm still I'm still cleric to druid. Um, uh, that's that's totally fair and maybe maybe so if i was going to play from from first level it would be dwarf mm-hmm. right because cl- to get to druid you have to be cleric first so if we're discounting that because cleric's always my first and you want my real second i guess dwarf would be the one right uh, i i think druids i think druids yeah. perfectly cromulent in in this yeah. use case well i mean in, but you have to be ninth level so i mean let, let's be real <laughs> that's what, yeah uh me picking elf as a second to magic user Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, right. Well, that's true. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to first edition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So here's the fir- the first ed. Sa- same basic list actually as Beckme, except with not yeah. without races class, right? Yeah. So of course, for me, again, cleric first, right? Yeah. Uh, um, 
Yeah, and uh, for me, it's going to be magic user first as mm-hmm. a standard. All right, sure. Uh, I'm not gonna... illusionist magic user though. No, thank you. Right, that that's a hard pass. Yeah. Uh, I, I I will say I I did read Castles and Crusades enough to be pretty interested in the illusionist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, their their access to healing feels a little what now to me, but whatever, yeah. don't care. Yeah, um, no, CNC has a really interesting thing because they're. They wanted to make a very different illusionist, and yeah. well, the healing it needs, it needs healing, help to have identity, right? That's, and and the healing isn't imaginary, so that's what yeah. everybody always says. What healing? What? But it's not imaginary. And in fact, the thing, the shtick with the illusionist in C and C is they're not just an illusionist trickster. Yeah. They actually can manifest matter to create things. Right, not just create things that you think you see in your brain, but they actually can manifest matter. So yeah. that's why healing works for them. Anyway, now we're getting off. CNC is not part of this discussion. <laughs> so well, it can be. I would. I always love to talk about CNC, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> this conversation always going to go everywhere. But um, my my second place, man, that is actually really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, Fighter and Paladin are duking it out pretty closely in this one mm-hmm. i like the like the fighters um improved number of attacks per round especially when you get into some of the ua material mm-hmm. i think they i think weapon spec gets a, a little bit buffed up in ua if i yeah. recall correctly yes yeah, so um, but i'm always gonna love a paladin my... i just i just always love a paladin it's mm-hmm. you know I, I don't but we've talked about this on air before but i don't love the exact way that the strictness of the paladin is handled um like taking this thing that is from and a and really kind of fundamentally about charlemagne and thus kind of fundamentally about mm-hmm. christianity and right. taking all all concepts of forgiveness out of it really upsets me right it's one of the few things that i think is offensively wrong mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um outside of issues of race which are offensively wrong on right. whole different levels but uh you don't agree with me and that's okay and i'm not gonna try to twist your arm on that um i i just for me i do i i i um strongly do not connect the paladin with charlemagne even though i i know the origin right but right. for me it's always and forever has been just a fantasy thing and not i i i purposefully worked hard to not connect it to any reality mm-hmm. um because i do the same thing with clerics right like sure. i mean theoretically you could say well a cleric is based on you know using a divine energy for healing so you know it's a faith healer and you know that has some some very specific sort of historical connotations and you know the sort of oh you can't use edged weapons and all these things it sort of leads into all that as well and i just throw that right out the window like that's right. i understand I, the origins I mean, but it's it, not it's, you know it's pointing to um bishop turpin in mm-hmm. um the matter of france right it's yeah. it's yeah. all from the song of roland right and you know it's really wandered a long way from that over mm-hmm. the years for sure but yeah. that's what the base thing is about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But for me, I just don't, I, and I and I always never did connect it because sure. um, I worked hard to not do that because I sure I didn't want to do that. Um, so for me, in first edition, it's the barbarian. Oh, 
I'm not with you on I this knew, at I, all. I knew, I knew you weren't going to be. I knew you weren't going to be. I, Remember, this is my second, though. Oh, this my is, God. This is in no way the first choice, right? I, and think, I'll tell they're, you, I think they're dead ass unplayable. Uh, here's here's why I here's why I like them. Okay, Go leaping ahead. and springing is no, freaking that's, hilarious. That's cool. That's okay? cool. It's, but it's six thousand awesome XP cool. to level is not hilarious at all. And, well, and they get back protection. Okay, so you can't backstab them. They get that. That one's nice. I will grant get, you that back back protection. They get automatic kind of detect great. magic. They get uh, they, maybe they, they get automatic detect magic. That's not what twenty five percent chance says to me. Well, I mean. Okay, that depends on how your DM adjudicates that. But they get survival, they get first aid, they get all that stuff that that is in the wilderness survival guide that you wish that all, every player could just say, "Oh, I ha- I can do that," right? Right. And so they get all that. Like it, it's it's just it's a, a great combination of all this sort of almost random stuff, <laughs> yeah. right? And yeah. and so I like it. I love it. It's great. It's great. I'm not sure I would be able to play one long term in a really long standing campaign. You've got to play one really long term to get to second level, mate. Well, I, well, I, I mean, much <laughs> higher, right? Yes, you're right. Six thousand is, tough, is so right? brutal, but it's brutal because of everything they get. Yeah, just detest magic and those who use it, and like the the attitude toward party members that it pushes. Uh, is really a no you may not play this i do not want that at my table to me mm-hmm. um like people talk so much about how horrible you know lawful stupid paladins are mm-hmm. and how horrible um team killing jerkwad thieves are mm-hmm. but man paladin bar- bar- barbarians they blow them out of the water right um i mean the, the, Again, they're here to destroy. Play, right? They're Just, here to destroy the party's cool stuff, and be an absolute mm. jerk to the spellcasters. It is mm. in the text. It could not be more explicit, and I just despise that. Right, and so okay, but um, I agree with you. That's a horrible play experience. But it's the it's the same thing that I have to say about lawful stupid paladins. Is sure, sure. I just we didn't, I just we didn't that, do that in my group, sure, because it was shitty behavior, right? Like the, the the text just really pushes the the bad behavior here much worse than the actual text on the page of the paladin or thief pushes bad behavior. That's all. Now, it really is awfully hard to put a paladin and an assassin in a game together and have that be okay. What with the whole paragraph that Gary spends on how uh, assassins are inherently evil. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, there's also the, the there's there's also the issue of, you know, remember in first edition in the DMG, it talks about how the DM is supposed to be awarding, you know, experience based on how well the the P, the player uh, played. The I remember like, very clearly. I get all that right, but here's the thing, right? I didn't use that part either. Yeah. Right. So. Again, play experience, of course, is very table dependent. And we've already talked about this on several episodes, but that's partly because it was very very laissez-faire, right? The DM is 
determining everything and the DM's word is law. So if your DM's a jerk and the other players are a jerk and the DM puts up with it, well, then you're not going to have the best table experience probably. On the other hand, if you have a fair DM who adjudicates things fairly and not in a, well, I'm just doing it the way the rules are written and it's going to screw you over, but not that. I mean, like an actual, you know, you're intended to have a fun game. Like if you're doing that, then everything's cool. And then yeah. you don't get the lawful stupid pallid paladin. You don't get the the barbarian that just wants to, you know, get rid of any magic item and 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 detest in, you know, I get it. Oh, they detest all those who use it. Okay, fine. Well, you can't have that and have the barbarian hanging out in a party of any other class other than barbarian. So you're right in that it's unplayable that if you go by the word of that as the rule of law, but of course that's not how my group played. Yeah. yeah. Well, right. and like, I don't have any firsthand experience of AD&D first at all mm-hmm. to, to mediate that. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And so every time I write about um, any of the early edition classes or any class I didn't personally play or see played, uh, one of the things I say in, in my post and tribality is you know did you play this rule the way it's written please mm-hmm. respond in the comments i want to know how people <laughs> yeah. use that content that's right. really interesting to mm-hmm. me and like 100% for real it is reassuring to me to know that you know, your table saw that and said yeah no we're not doing that mm-hmm. what if instead we had fun mm-hmm. right like that's what i'd hope you know that's yeah good. and that's you know because because look at what's in the second half of this paragraph while magic users will be shunned initially and always viewed with suspicion clerical spells of the type used by shamans and witch doctors are not so viewed so high level clerics so like it, it's even anti-cleric there right yeah. we just didn't we just didn't play that way yeah, yeah, we just didn't. We just didn't do it because that's that's not. I mean, unless you're actually playing a specific campaign of barbarians at the gate, where you're the barbarians at the gate. Yeah, then it doesn't. It doesn't. Right. Like, and same way we didn't play lawful stupid. That's why I don't have anything against paladins because I never played a lawful stupid paladin. I played a paladin with a very specific set of personal rules that they would not cross, but I wasn't going to be. I also was, you know, the paladin has the redeeming aspect too, right? So if you see someone in your party who you're supposed to be trusting do something that's bad, you don't admonish them and decide they are evil and kill them. Right. You try to redeem them. You try to help them right. understand why the thing they did was bad in your eyes, right? And so that's not a lawful, stupid paladin. Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's how I play paladins too, yeah. right? I, I also try to keep in mind that you know, my character has not been invested with the authority to judge them. Right. Um, and, and, you know, I absolutely love the challenge of playing someone who has strict rules and needs to figure out how to mm-hmm. live within mm-hmm. those rules in a right. world where no one else is bound by those rules. Right. Um, it's, it's hard. Mm-hmm. And if I can do that while still like making kindness and personal honor the center of the character that i'm having a really good time right that's that's what i love and that's the same thing i feel about clerics because sure. to me uh-huh. clerics also have a very specific set of rules that's I the absolutely tenets agree with that. of their deity yep. right and the tenets of their deity are supposed to be followed not just given lip service 
And it's very difficult from a cleric's point of view to sit in a group with a couple of rogues and a couple of fighters and a barbarian, and they're all running around basically murdering things, right? And gathering loot. And the cleric enjoys also gathering loot and enjoys also murdering evil things when it's appropriate and just. But then how do you reconcile that with the other behaviors, right? Or with the tendency of, oh, I'm enjoying getting this loot a little too much. Wait, what does that say about me and my connection to my deity? Now I need to, right? And I'm not saying you sit at the table and have that discussion always. Sometimes maybe you do and sometimes you don't. But it's the idea around that whole thing. It doesn't make you a lawful stupid cleric any more than Agreed. a person had to be a lawful stupid paladin. And any more than the barbarian has to be a chaotic magic hating like you can be suspicious of magic and not like magic and choose to never use a magic item yourself uh unless the shaman of your tribe tells you or whatever like you know what i'm saying like there's ways to to figure out how to make that work within the world view of that barbarian that actually matches without also killing everybody else's fun sure that's so, good anyway that's good yeah so let's move on so um like the, the last thing I'd oh, said about yeah. that is that I just wish Gary had not gone for absolute statements. Yeah, you know, I think the thing is though that um by the time this was written and came out, it was absolutely about okay, he was in a phase of, oh, this is a game we have to say, okay, these are the rules. Cause you know, he went through cycles, right? Sometimes yeah. he would write something in response to someone in dragon magazine where he said, Hey, it's your game, you know, do what you want, whatever's fun. That's what you should do. Or, you know, what you've, what you've described sounds like a great solution. If it works for your table, great, you know? Um, And then, and then you'd go through these cycles where he would say, no, that's not how the game works. You know, the game is played this way and the rules are this way. And there's rules for a reason because it's a game and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, this just happens to be one of those where the tone is very, set on this is supposed to be an interesting unique type of character that's yep. not very common and so in order to make a interesting unique type of character that's not very common you have to make it number one have a absolutely punishing experience point progression table and number two make it so that it's not really all that pleasant sometimes this yep. in his mind i'm not saying this is the way it should be but that's i think where that why that is there right mm-hmm. Because to make it unique and interesting, it has to be, you have to have things to overcome. And those are challenges to overcome. But the way it's written is, oh, nope, this is how it is. And there you go. So, yep. yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. Anyway, so second edition. So, right. So second edition, second edition is the earliest edition that I you know, ran. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I played extremely little of it. My total okay. number of played sessions of second edition, of PC sessions of second edition, is three. Wow, really? Yeah, that they're, few. Yeah, they're all different characters too. Wow, that's amazing yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess uh, that it does kind of. Make, I say it's amazing. It does kind of make sense to me. I, I played mean, a lot early on when I was first learning how to play yeah. the game, and then once I DM'd and I started DMing, I was just the DM always. So, so, so I was the kid in my friends group who got the books, mm-hmm. and so I was the one who taught the game, and so I was the one who ran all the games. Right. Right. Yep. And mm-hmm. so serious forever DM energy. 
right. for a long time. <laughs> yeah. So this is from um, summer of 93 through um, 2000. Yeah. Serious yeah. forever DM energy. So I still have a favorite class. It's wizard. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> of course. Yes. I'm shocked. Shocked. <laughs> I don't know what you thought you were going to hear, guys. Um, <laughs> yeah. You see, folks, this episode could have been like five minutes long. It would have been Brandis saying, oh, wizard. And me saying, yeah. oh, cleric. And then bye. Thanks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We, oh, we have, a second, have a good second place. So um, my second place for this one. Um, man, it is it is tough again for a lot of the same reasons. Um, I'm going to go with Paladin. I think, I think this incarnation of Paladin has something, something nice and clean to it. Okay. Um, and so I, I I like it a lot. Um, but like, uh, fighter and ranger are, are very strong options to me here. Um, and I I feel like the thief is in a really frustrating place because it's, on the threshold of turning into what uh, it becomes in third edition, Mm -hmm. but it's just really, really laborious to get there in second ed Mm -hmm. because the backstab mechanics are so, okay, now leave the fight for a couple of rounds. So they forget you exist and come back. (laughs) And, and like the damage output is not actually good enough to make that fun until quite late in the game. So let me see here. Rogue. Here's the rogue. Mm. I'm trying oh. to remind myself of the backstab. Did yep. I pass it? While you're looking at oh, it, I will it give one last shout out to the first edition bard just mm. for being a prestige class. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It is so brutal <laughs> to get into. Yes. But it's it's oh, like my. because it's so exclusive, it is actually cool. Mm-hmm. Right. And right. all the stuff you've accumulated by that point right. means you, you are it. awesome. <laughs> yeah, you earned it. Um, so here's what it says about backstab in second E. Uh, thieves are weak in toe-to-toe hacking matches, but they are masters of the knife in the back. When attacking someone by surprise and from behind, a thief can improve his chance to successfully hit plus four modifier for rear attack and negate the target's shield and dexterity bonuses and greatly increase the amount of damage his blow causes. To this ability, to use this ability, the thief must be number one behind his victim. The victim must be unaware that the thief intends to attack. If the enemy sees the thief, hears him approach from blindside or is warned by another, he's not caught unaware. The backstab is just a normal attack. Opponents in battle will often notice a thief trying to maneuver behind them. First rule of fighting is to never turn your back on an enemy. However, someone who isn't expecting to be attacked, a friend or ally, can be caught unaware even if he knows the thief is behind him. Uh, There's a table 30. The multiplier there is what it's talking about. It applies to the amount of damage where before modifiers for strength or weapon bonuses. So first through fourth level thief times two. Okay, yeah, that's pretty standard uh, progression there. Um... Backstabbing does have limitations. The damage multiplier applies only to the first attack made. And even if multiple attacks are possible, once a blow is struck, the initial surprise effect is lost. The thief cannot use it on every creature. The victim must be generally humanoid. Yeah. So, I mean, the difficulty is that whole sneak up part. Right. Yeah. Well, and the generally humanoid, right? Right. Does it have a spine to backstab? So that's, this is the other big, like, Mm -hmm. uh, trend line. Because in third, you're going to see the rogue uh, 
be able to sneak attack most things, just not constructs, elementals, plants, undead, mm-hmm. um, oozes, or <laughs> yeah. vermin, maybe. Um, so <laughs> uh, he can he can backstab a beholder. Now it third. says right here a thief could backstab. No, 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 in third, in third. Oh, in third. Okay, yeah. Third. Okay. Uh, I'm talking about the trend line of <laughs> mm-hmm. backstab slash sneak attack. Yeah, yeah. And then all, and then even that winds up being too much because you wind up with all these dungeons where every opponent is either undead or construct. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You can't. And, and there are good reasons that dungeons get designed mm-hmm. that way that I'm not getting into right now, but right, right, right. It, w- it still winds up meaning that a high level rogue play just sucks. Yeah. Yeah. If if the DM isn't going out of their way to give you humans to just vaporize. Mm-hmm. With your overwhelming sneak attack. Yeah. Yep. So uh, one last thing about these rogues before I move from this. I was reading, I was just reading this italicized area, which is the the example. And it says the ogre marches down the hallway. Yeah. And then it said, and then it has a word. It says peering into the gloom ahead. But my brain read that as peeing. <laughs> so the ogre marches down the hallway, peeing into the gloom ahead. Fails oh. to notice the shadowy form of Ragnar, the thief, hidden in an alcove. <laughs> um, yes, you can be snuck up upon if you're peeing down the hallway. Yep, yep. That guy is uh, the guy's heading for getting stabbed right in the uh, groinal region. Yep. Yes. It's a critical area. <laughs> The femoral artery is so close. Um, so yes. is so. So what's your number two for second? So, so so okay. So I cheated. Yeah, go ahead. Because I don't have a number two. It's just okay. clerics. It's just clerics. Okay. It's just clerics. Because because specialty cleric with the special, side of cleric. Special specialty. That is fair. Clerics, Some of right? the cleric specialties are pretty cool. Yeah. So that's though, that's what I was. Though yeah. complete priest handbook is not here to help you because the specialties in there are very much. No, no. Would you like to mostly lose stuff and not gain nearly yeah, enough? No. <laughs> yeah, right. No, but just just the idea of you know the the spheres and specialty priests and all that gave a lot of richness to clerics where they were starting to sort of fall into the oh boring cleric again you know kind of idea. So I appreciate specialty priests. So I don't have a second in in two e. That's just my first one. That's fine. Um, um, I mean, wizards absolutely rule in in second. Yeah, it is. It, it is an absolute breakaway addition mm-hmm. for them to me because uh, TSR got so into publishing weird new spells as a mainstay of like. Mm-hmm. what goes into books and right. also um ed greenwood went so wild with it in uh pages from the mages mm-hmm. um but yeah i think cleric, cleric is a really strong second place on that yeah for exactly that same reason mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah that they went so wild on publishing new spells and some of those top end cleric spells are so cool they are oh very, man very nice yep yep Okay, so you ready to move on? Yeah. yeah. Uh, All right. Third edition. Third uh, edition. Okay. See, so I already had it on my second choice. So so this is a complicated one because you've got your initial run of player's handbook classes. Mm-hmm. And then to a much greater degree than earlier editions, they 
just go wild with publishing more classes later on. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yep. So, so, so it's still wizard. It's it just, it's still wizard. Yes. Still yeah. wizard. That's, that's not going anywhere. Yeah. So um, for me, so for me, the issue is third edition is the one I played the least of, right. I played okay. the fewest number of individual sessions and campaigns of third edition uh-huh. of any, of any uh-huh. of the editions I played the least and also GM to the, the least. Right. Okay. Um, so for me, it's, I, I just, I go by the player's handbook. Like a, right now, what I have on the screen is the table of contents for the, for the 3.5 player's handbook. That's, that's the one because I don't, I didn't get into it enough and play the edition long enough to look at all of those extra classes that you, that you're talking about. So I didn't have the difficult choice that you had here. Uh, so, um, I'm going to actually do one set for 3.0 and one set for 3.5. That's fair. That's uh, fair. I just didn't, I don't happen to have three. No, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, so, PDF, so, so for 3.0, mm-hmm. uh, after wizard, it's so, Hey, from okay. Oriental adventures. Now mm-hmm. I, I absolutely grant and stipulate many, uh, problems of, uh, anti-Asian racism going on in this book, mm-hmm. but I had an absolute, blast playing a Sohei in um, a Romance of the Three Kingdoms campaign that a friend of mine ran in college. We did not understand how problematic any of it was at the time. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was it was done with joy based on the Dynasty Warriors video games. And uh, I absolutely love that character. Some of the tensest role play I've ever been in in a tabletop game is from that game. Nice. Bar none. Nice. Um, what is one of the few times I was actually sitting in my seat sweating in an encounter with an NPC because I was just so sure we were going to die. Interesting. A, a, a yeah. full physical <laughs> response to the terror of that encounter. Right. Um <laughs> Really masterful piece of DMing from uh, my buddy Jeremy. Nice. Um, so in 3.5, uh, I'm going to go for the weird one. It's mm-hmm. not one I played. It's not one I saw played. I just love the principle of it so much. It's the binder. Mm. Okay. Uh, it is one of the one of the several proto warlocks. Mm-hmm. Um. Is no, it's not the warlock. the The actual warlock uh, class by that name is from uh, Complete Arcane, a three point five. Mm-hmm. I don't like that class. It's not. Okay. It's not what I love about the pitch of the warlock. The binder absolutely is. Um, you're which, dealing which with a book lot of is different. The binder from? Do you know? Uh, Tome of Magic. So it's in there with uh, the Shadow Binder. And uh, the Beguiler. Um, so this is a very late 3.5 book. Um, would have come out in, I'm going to say 2006. And it's probably going to wind up being 2005. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think I have that one. But uh, the, the um, Binder is a great example of just you have contact with a bunch of weird 
quasi-real, quasi-dead entities, and you get uh, this weird mishmash of powers from them. Uh, so you can, from one day to the next, just completely rewrite your whole build and party role mm-hmm. by binding different entities. And that is such a weird idea, <laughs> but it gets at something really cool because each of these entities have their own story. Uh, so I like that. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Oops. I lost my screen here. There we go. Yeah. I don't happen to have the Tome of Magic. Um, That's fine. To put up here. Um, but, um, I really wanted to like the Duskblade and I really wanted to like the Knight. And they're both just not quite there mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there was this long stretch in the middle of 3.5 where they kept releasing new classes and most of them were just not very good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the Hexblade is not good. Um, yeah. I'm sure there's some complicated system mastery combination of feats and multi-classes that you can pull off that makes them amazing. But also I could not do that. Um, right (laughs) and right you know my understanding is that for character optimization people it's very much book of nine swords or gtfo and right i don't care for that i like the book of nine swords in principle but it came out so late that we didn't play with any of it right um my last 3.5 game was so heavily hacked that um i think fighter and rogue might have been the only unchanged classes. <laughs> right. I mean, that's understandable. There was so much out there. Yeah. Um, and I was very much wanting to just do my own thing and play around. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. right. I wanted to purpose tweak existing classes to fit what I wanted out of my setting. Mm-hmm. I was, mm-hmm. I was taking a very setting first approach to design and right. had a really good time with it. Yeah. You know, no, that's it, great. It was uh yeah there was this huge campaign book that you had to you know have in a binder just to know what was going on but we had a good time yeah well and that speaks to my love of specialty priests right because that's one of the cool things about specialty priests is because you're dealing with spheres and you're dealing with different spell lists and you're doing all that you can actually make specialty priests for your homebrew setting very easily right yeah. And it's it's that same that sort of that's that same kind of reason why I you know loved specialty priests is because yeah. you could you could really play around with it and do what you wanted to do. Yeah, there's some um some specialty priests in some of the uh, uh Ian World story hours mm-hmm. from that time um uh Sigiro, um Dorian Hart uh had a, a story hour on Ian World where uh, one of the characters was this really involved specialty priest who had um, the domain of thought and they really, really leaned hard into that and all of the weird crap she could do right. uh, as a result of that. And that's just a joy to read because yeah. <laughs> it, it is sort of uh, cranking up the weirdness dial of second ed. Um, and so they then had to figure out how to convert that to third. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, which you know, domains make possible. 
yeah. And man, throughout third, Cleric is uh, the power gamer's friend. It is mm-hmm. one of the best classes for raw power because they kind of didn't charge them any of their class power budget for all that healing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they've got spells like Righteous Might, just. Uh, yeah, I could heal you, or I could stomp the crap out of these dudes. What's up? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's what's funny is I've never ever played a cleric in third edition. Yeah. Well, so if you read a bunch online about third, you're going to eventually run into the term uh, Codzilla, C O D Zilla, mm-hmm. which is cleric or druid Zilla, because yeah. they were just hell mm-hmm. on wheels right. if they got some of their stuff up and running. And this has to do with the fact that there's no concentration limit. So you can have as many spells going at once as you can cast in the duration allows and just look out. Yeah. Um, so, so that's a whole thing. Yeah. So for me, I've only played two classes in third edition. Okay. Okay. Monk, which sucked eggs. Mm. Yeah. Monk is in a complicated space. It eventually turns untouchable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but if you it is not good early. Yeah, early on it was it was not it was not very fun. It was yeah. not fun at all. Uh and I had a great concept, but it just never came to fruition because we didn't play the game long enough. And you know, yeah, so that uh, that kind of that kind of sucked. Uh and Ranger, which is actually my my choice for third edition here. Um, if only because it's the only other one I played, of course I would say cleric, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clerics, of course the first, right? But the Ranger's not too bad. Um, I had a lot of fun playing the Ranger again. This is, this is the, the edition I played the least and I GM the least. So yeah. I don't have the wide breadth of, of knowledge about the classes and how they work and how everything works together and what's good and what's not good and all that. Uh, that I would have with other editions, but um, you know, I, I liked what I read, so I made the Ranger and I played him two or three times, and it was a lot of fun. It was great. Um, so that's my choice. <laughs> yeah, and I guess because this is the edition that introduces the Sorcerer, I want to call out that I still like the Wizard more than the Sorcerer, but you can have oh, a lot of fun with the Sorcerer just because um, you don't have to think real hard about what you're going to cast because yeah. it's going to be Fireball. Um, right <laughs> it's just like the thing i love about the wizard is the scholarly approach and the spell chase mm-hmm. i love collecting spells right. i love the idea that i have learned the secrets of the cosmos through hard work and they give me an edge and uh that's how i make cool things happen that right. that is the fantasy i want to live out well, see, that's why I, that's why I appreciate the ranger. It's not even necessarily because the mechanics so much as the uh, the wild empathy. Okay, I, li- I like the idea of the wild empathy here, and of course, combat style is good. And then they get their animal companion. They get things like woodland stride and swift tracker, right? And like that speaks to the type of character I wanted to play, and so it became more of the stylistic choice than the choice for the mechanics, right? Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. So you ready to move on to fourth edition? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We could, we could be on like 
weird, obscure third ed classes for a minute and right. it would not improve the conversation. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That, that, that would not be, uh, as entertaining. Uh, so, certainly be one-sided. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it would, because I don't have a ton to say about it. Yeah. Um, so uh, which, what's your fourth edition choice? Okay. So fourth edition is weird because it's the one where I don't like the wizard. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that the fourth edition wizard delivers on the conceptual promise or fantasy of being a wizard very well at all. Mm-hmm. Um. So what's your? Uh, so your- it's really hard for so it's really hard for me to pick one in fourth edition because I've got a lot where I just love the style so much. Um, okay. So so I'm gonna do a top two, and this is still brutally hard. Okay. But my top two, in no particular order, are the sword mage and the druid. Okay, sword mage I think is in. It's in a campaign setting. Yeah, it is by a mile the best, uh, mm-hmm. like fighter mage pitch and and most coherent presentation of that mm-hmm. concept that I've ever seen. Um, and there are a bunch more classes in fourth that are absolutely worthy of one of those top two spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. these two just take it on things I've played. Um, right, but like I love warlords. Warlords are so much fun. Warlord is my number one. Warlord is a, an absolutely worthy mm-hmm. and great choice for number yeah. one. And my number uh, two is warden. Okay, okay. Um, the the marking mechanic for warden always felt so complicated to me that I didn't uh, try to bring it. I tried very hard to bring it to the table, and I just didn't have a chance to really fall in love with yeah. it on its own terms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just love the concept. Oh, it's an awesome and, pitch. And the, um, uh, the, uh, I, the, uh, a couple of campaigns I ran, I had two different players who played wardens and they were just yeah. always so awesome and fun. I knew those players were having fun. It was yeah. just really fun to play those, those PCs. And I myself played a warlord. And nice. so for me, that was always my, and I, and I loved it. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, they felt awesome. really, really good. Yeah. Um, so what I love so much about druids is the fluidity of shape that they have going on. Like mm-hmm. to be changing back and forth between caster form and whatever their favored uh like beast form is, mm-hmm. whether that's mm-hmm. uh predator or guardian. Right. Every round. It's your minor action. Just go ahead, shift every round. They don't care. Yep. That's cool. And that gets at the thing that feels so good in the World of Warcraft druid, playing a uh, bear druid or a cat druid. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I am in love with those. They're so much fun. Um, It feels so fluid and just adapt to a new situation. Adapt, adapt, adapt. Um, And so... um, I played in a Eberron game that my friend Greg ran and just absolutely love the Druid that I played there. Um, I also put a, a warlock in a different campaign that Greg ran and that was good on the story and horrible on the mechanics, not Greg's fault. Right. 
just yeah, that yeah, the yeah. Star Pact Warlock was a disaster of mechanics. Mm-hmm. Um, they they were a, a split stat build, and that's not okay in fourth. Um, but uh, we absolutely can't get into this conversation without me mentioning the Avenger and the Invoker. Yeah, yeah, was, um, uh, yeah. Those were the, the Avenger is just the Avenger is so cool. You, you I mean, just, you can't not talk about the Avenger. Yeah, it, they've got so much style mm-hmm. in in their whole thing. Uh, so I'm, I'm in a fourth edition game now, playing a Sword Mage, nice. and one of the other players is playing an Avenger, and I mean, she is mm-hmm. hell on wheels. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun to watch. Um, but uh, like fourth edition is also one of the first editions where bards are really, really competitive mm-hmm. and fully on par with clerics as main heal, right? Yeah. Um, and fighters don't really feel like they fall behind in the mid late game at all. There's just no way to. Mm-hmm. To say they fall behind, their right. battlefield control feels so good. Um, like there's there's a lot of that, and you know, don't get me wrong, there are classes that frustrate me too. Sure. Um, like the rogue and the ranger wind up so samey because they're both uh, martial controllers or martial mm-hmm. strikers, right? Strikers that um, accomplish everything with either you know one or two bladed weapons or a bow or a crossbow and they're just kind of very very similar like the the, the names of powers are different but it isn't enough mm-hmm. right um but yeah like and later on when you get to PHB3 and you're uh-huh. you're getting these classes like the battle mind right yeah. which is so awesome. I mean, it really is awesome. Yeah. But there are so many things going on. So so for me in Player's Handbook 3, it's the Rune Priest. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I adore the Rune Priest for and, just and, aesthetic. And it's totally awesome. And for the same reason as what I'm going to say about the Battle Mind, like these, the psionic classes in fourth edition are very fiddly in terms of. I think, oh man, in one of the campaigns I ran, we had a rune priest and every single turn he was buffing and debuffing. Uh And it was so, it was like the onus was on everybody to try to remember, okay, what exactly is active? What's not active? What's the bonus on that? What, what applies to me? What doesn't apply to you? All of those things. And it, it bogged down everything that was happening it at the same did. time as being awesome, but it still bogged down everything so much. Not necessarily at first level, you know, second, you know, but you start getting up to fifth and sixth level and it's like there's so much stuff flying around. So let me tell you a story about um, <laughs> my, my my buddy uh, who played a hybrid. Uh, that's how you know this is going to be good. Mm-hmm. A hybrid. <laughs> barbarian rune priest oh boy this build is a mess mm. and yeah um it frustrated me so much to dm because <laughs> it, the the rune priest had so many interrupts it was interrupt 
debuff. Now you're stuck with the debuff and it is an interrupt. So it can not only, it it makes you take back the damage dealt. The interrupts are so, so, so much. God. Yes. And so like, I understand the love of the interrupts and I understand the love Mm -hmm. of reaction timing. It's just, it winds up slowing down play really Mm -hmm. unbearably. And in fourth edition, it was already, it was already if 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 you had any and even if you had so what you what needed to happen for for it to not be unbearably slow is every player had to be on it and had to know what they wanted to do as their turn showed up right and then you could keep things moving Right. And you had to work really hard at that. And everybody had to be in agreement that that's what we're going to do to try to move this along. And then you throw the rune priest in. Yep. And the rune priest is changing everything about the situation every time someone goes. So it's really hard to keep track and be ready, set, go when your turn comes up, when the rune priest just changed things three times in a row (laughs) while you were, you know what I mean? I'm exaggerating only a tiny bit. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I agree with that. And the shaman had the same problem, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Rabbit played a, a shaman uh, for a while, and it, she loved the character, but just tracking the auras on her pet was really tough for all of us. Yeah. Um, yeah that was the game where I played a, a brawler fighter and just absolutely fell in love with that build. I've talked mm-hmm. about it on this show a lot, <laughs> but it was so much fun to play. Um, yeah, I, I loved my warlord. My warlord was that was one of the most fun characters I ever played in any game ever. And that's uh, part of the reason why the warlord warlord uh, has a special place in my heart because just it's just it's just great. It was just so fun. Everything I did was just so fun. Uh, and yeah, so I can't, I can't, uh, support that class enough. That is, it, it was a special time and place to have a warlord in the game and the way that it worked with fourth edition and the way that fourth edition worked, you can't really replicate it very well in, in other systems. Yep. Um, and so uh, it kind of stands on its own as something that is, you know, you can do similar things, but it's going to be a little bit different. I would definitely, I, I enjoy 13th age. Uh, it doesn't quite have the sort of um, uh, lock and key uh, hooking up of here. I offer you a thing. Thank you. I'll take the thing and kill our enemies with it. Right. <laughs> uh, handoffs yeah. that make fourth ed feel so good mm-hmm. um, because the things, th- those handoffs get really complicated in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Right. Um and so, like, the 13th Age scratches some of the itch, but not all of it. Uh, I would love to see a fourth edition that kept the simplest of those handoffs mm-hmm. and, and uh, set up moves um, or found simpler ways to express the same idea right. uh, just to get back to that. Like, this combat is a puzzle to solve Mm -hmm. we need Mm -hmm. to like think this through have some contingency plans for if the dice betray us 
and then put the whole thing into motion. Right. Because those were some of the most satisfying fourth edition fights. Mm-hmm. 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 So having said that, do you want to move having on said. to fifth edition? Let's do. All right. Let me, uh, I'm going to actually pull up D&D Beyond here. Because why not? Uh, I'll cut this part out, of course. But... Um, I, I might as well just go to the PHB. Here we go. All right. So, fifth edition classes. Yep. Of course, I, I should probably pull up Xanathars and all that too. But what's your what's your number one? You know what my number one is. <laughs> what's your number two? <laughs> um, man, that is that is really complicated. Um, uh, all right. So I'm going to go with my gut on this. I'm going to say fighter. Okay. Interesting. Uh, Battlemaster fighter mm-hmm. absolutely rules. It is so much fun to see in action and um, the new maneuvers introduced in Tasha's mm-hmm. just keep the fun rolling to me. I friggin' love fighters. Um, nice. nice. Ranger is uh, going to be my, my big unpopular choice, but I had so much fun with my Ranger in Tomb of Annihilation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um and so it was because of being a ranger, not sort of in spite of being a ranger. Right. Um, I had a great time with the Hexblade, but the Warlock fundamentally, I don't actually like very much. Yeah. Uh, the Hexblade is good. The fundamentals of the Warlock are lacking. Um, I, uh, well, my favorite, of course, Cleric, right? So yeah. that's it. Uh, my second is Rogue. Okay. Interesting. I think uh, they're they're versatile versatile enough, uh-huh. and they have lots of great subclass options. Some um, of the subclasses are really phenomenal. Yep. Sorry, assassins, not you. <laughs> you and you, not you, and you and you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Look, thief and arcane trickster are great. No, no issues yep. with them. Sorry, assassins. Mm-hmm, and yeah. man, phantoms mm-hmm. are slick shit. Mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. are great. Yep. Yeah. So, so that's, yeah. I mean, that's an, it's an easy choice for me actually. Um, And honestly, we shouldn't get out of this conversation that mentioning paladins. Okay. Yes. They're the most overtuned Mm -hmm. we know, but also (laughs) divine smite has never felt better. Right. Um, The, the way that paladins can just easily in any situation decide to be, um, a, a, a you know the, the the party's main healer or the tank or mm-hmm. lead dps that is great mm-hmm. it feels really good yeah. uh, so uh, a really, but um the the just absolute uh destructive power of a fighter is mm-hmm. so good it's really good yeah so yeah, that's so good. yeah, that's me. Excellent. Um, yeah, well, well, dear audience, we hope you have enjoyed the journey through the editions and 
our discussions of the different classes and why there are favorites. Uh, there are a couple of holes in my in my choices, just in terms of not having played certain editions as as much as I played other editions. But uh, you know, I think that's okay. Yep, I think that's that's all right. Um, like, yeah, I'll play a wizard past six level in fifth ed. Who knows? Anything <laughs> can happen. <laughs> I mean, it could happen. You never know. You just don't know. It's Any impossible day now. to tell. <laughs> all right sir well where can people find you on the internet well you can find me on twitter at uh, brenda stoddard uh you can find me on mastodon if that's the thing you do uh, at brenda stoddard at dice.camp um, you can find my writing on tribality.com uh, my personal blog is brendastoddard.com and my Patreon is Brandis Stoddard. Awesome. How about you, Sam? You can find me online at rpgmusings.com. You can also find me on twitter.com slash dmsamuel. And you can find me uh, on the Tome Show all over, of course. And you can find me, oh boy, I don't know where else. You can find me on the Tome Show Discord, on the Tome Show. Oh, on YouTube. Just search for RPG Musings on YouTube and you can find me there. And other than that, I think that might take us out of here. All right.